The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, they stopped talking, which means it's our turn. Welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show, your favorite Tuesday you've had all week and your favorite day that ends in Y today. This is David Littlejohn in studio with me. Katie Shook. I was thinking, doesn't today end in Y2? Yes. <laughs> so does yesterday, but not tomorrow. But Sunday through Saturday but all But Wednesday in y. will end in Y, so there you go. <laughs> We're glad you're here, and yeah, it's, it's a great day to be listening to the True Wealth Show. Uh, I can't think of a single thing in your life more interesting or valuable than this moment. Not in my life right now. Right. So and you know I'm, what I love about Tuesdays right now? <laughs> get to leave the house? <laughs> yes. Well, it's my day to see you. Because right? right now, I'm still working from home. David's in the office. And I miss our camaraderie. Like, I miss just the office chatter, fun. Like, I really enjoy working for Little John Financial Services. And I miss that face-to-face. We talked about that. Like, Zoom calls are not the same. They are not right. The like same. Google Hangouts are not the same. I'm sorry. I get social media. Like I'm still on social media, and I understand trying to stay connected. Obviously, when you're at a distance, so I get like having FaceTime calls with your family when they're in different states. But it is not the same as hanging out face to face. It just isn't. It doesn't make up for it. Right. It's and I've been listening to some even a couple of podcasts around this and the concept of why it doesn't quite work. Right. And in fact, I've so made some the, comments what, to give me the cliff notes. So here's the cliff notes version. One of them is, first of all, the larger the group, the less it works, because this whole tile system of like looking at the Brady Bunch and trying to figure out who's where. Oh, it's a nightmare. What happens is it forces you to be artificially focused somewhere that you can't focus. There's actually not enough data for you. If you think about when we're in a room, uh, you know, right now. So we're in a studio and okay. we have. Uh, each of us has multiple monitors in front of us. We have microphones. We have each other. And so we're reading our body language. True. We are, we're, because this is a show, we're, we're sort of feeding off of each other and taking visual and auditory clues about where to step in. We actually do a lot of visual cues. Obviously, you guys can't see that because you're listening. But there are many times when David and I are making like hand signal little gestures. I feel like it's like baby signs. Oh, like sure. you and I are throwing signs at each other. Even when it's time, you know, if we take a break, you know, these are not, the not, show is not scripted. No. So we have to work. But in Zoom calls, what happens is you get this very limited and it's also restricted by the actual bandwidth of the program. Right. And so this could be Zoom. It could be anything. But the the background's a little fuzzy and the you you know it, it comes and goes a little bit sometimes the audio is a little bit spotty you only get to see the person's face it's sort of this curated version and you're looking for more input and you have to be on because they can see you too and so and you, everybody, i've noticed even on zoom calls i t- like if anybody walks around in the background my focus automatically is like what's that person doing in the background well, and motion, there goes right? my attention span right because we're looking for a way to fully engage. I mean, this is a funny thing, but I have had sort of like, I, I call it bubble gum for my brain, the uh, like mindless games on my phone. 
and when I say mindless, we're talking about it's like the the dot game where you just like make little squares or something. I mean, yeah, no, I get a, that. We all go- well, I have one of those too, but yes, I'll I understand. listen to lectures and I'll play the dot game. And it will drive some people crazy because they're like, were well, you not paying attention? I'm like, no, this is the only way I can pay attention. If I don't get mo- some kind of slight distraction so that I can focus exclusively on the message, then my attention will wander and I will daydream. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. So Zoom is like that. You and I were talking about that the other day when we were talking about homework. And I said I needed to get homework done and I needed to run errands. And so I sat Melissa in the car with me and she actually was able to focus better driving around in the car trying to do her homework yeah, and it i is. would just barf because yeah. trying to read in the car it makes me sick right but she like <laughs> actually but again having those like little bit of distractions helped her focus better it was weird some of it is the way her mind works but yeah i know what you're talking about i kind of have those things too where it's like or even you know, just having something on in the background music or something to kind of keep me going youtube videos work better or television works when uh zoom doesn't right because there, it's framed. It's usually in a studio environment. You're getting information you're looking for, and you're seeing. It's usually higher resolution. Right? Yes. So uh, oftentimes it's HD resolution, and so you're seeing all of the other things, and you are taking in the visual cues that come with it. Right. So the video tends to be a little almost easier. Plus, you can hit pause. Right. right. So, you know. So it, it, the way we consume data, it's just it's not as natural when you're in a group environment. There's body language and all that matters. I mean, here on the radio, if you think about if you're driving right now or if you're doing like you may be doing something else and just listening to us. How many of you are just sitting somewhere with your eyes closed listening to us? Or even now, you're probably conjuring up an image of what you think we look like if you've never seen us or if you know what we look like. You're trying to put it together a little. By the way, we're almost well, not quite. But a little matchy matchy like I'm in maroon and you're kind of in like a dark fuchsia with some maroon stripes on it. It's pretty interesting. They're black stripes. Oh, yeah. maybe I'm coloring blind. No, it's just the light. But <laughs> yeah, it's what, just giving what, you some help. Here, with that we are, we are start, We're twinning more and more right now. My hair is getting to the same length as Katie's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag twinning. <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh my dear goodness. Oh, it's uh, we've had. By the way, we love to joke in our office, and we totally David and I joke back and forth. I think at least every other day about. All of the wonderful not being able to get haircuts, not being able to do stuff. I miss haircuts. (laughs) I know, right? I miss my people. By the way, I think there's just as many women that feel that way as men. I think this is the first time that I've heard it more from men than I have from women about missing like their barber or their stylist or whoever it may be. Right, right. Well, anyway, it's in theory at some point it will get taken care of, but... um, I don't know. Uh, so, are we going to start taking bets on how long this is going to go before you actually? You may be eventually be able to donate to Locks of Love or something, depending on how long COVID goes. My goodness! <laughs> you know My you need goodness. twelve inches though. So, uh, well, yeah, we got a ways to go. But but at the rate, so my hair grows fast. I have so the opposite mine. of of most people's. Probably, I have of thick hair. I have an encroaching hairline. Uh, I have hair that's starting to gray in some places, but it's there's there's no shortage of it right now. I so. think this is the first time I've seen curl on your sideburns. Like. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the beard and everything. So here's here's the problem. Okay, I realize this is super true wealth right now. Everybody's going, what are they talking about? We're just today is the honesty show. We're just going to talk about honest moments. Okay, so when your when your beard gets to this point, and I have sideburns, and then I have 
the side of my head. It looks like a dandelion, right? <laughs> I just it's a big poofy helmet now. And I don't know where if I shave the beard down, like not off, but like if I just like clipper it down to just whack down the weeds. Where do I stop, stop. the fade? Because I'm going to get up and be like, you know what? It looks like you got a... Three inches above one ear. It'll look like a helmet with a strap is what it's going to look like. (laughs) So (laughs) curse you, coronavirus (laughs) shutdown and your nonsense. Uh, Okay. So my my suggestion on this, as weird as it may be, grab a piece of scotch tape, right? I know it sounds weird. I'm with you so far. It's weird. But tape tape straight across above your ears where you want to stop. So that way, you know, when you start hitting that scotch tape line to stop. Okay. This idea is really bad. Uh, <laughs> just drag it straight just, forward onto your skin, just, like along the eye, you know, on the skin. Glad, glad we had this talk. <laughs> Let me enter that into the book of things I will not be doing. Putting tape on my hair. Got it. <laughs> hair chalk. Do your kids have hair chalk? Hair chalk. Okay. We're getting even better. They do. Oh hair chalk. They have so hair you chalk. can hair chalk a line. And then you know not to cut above it. I'm just going to hold I, my breath. I'm trying. Eventually, we're going to get there. <laughs> I'm trying to give you creative outside of the box solutions here. Oh, they're outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't own one. I threw it away a long yeah, time ago. Okay. Glad we had that talk, too. <laughs> That's why I find fun solutions and help you find fun solutions for people, because I just don't know where my box is So anymore. if you're wondering how to manage your hair during COVID, hair don't, don't ask us. That's what we've learned. Uh, we've, we have... There's certain relevant advice, and this is not some of it. <laughs> it's not financial, though, so we can give that one. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, let me give you non-financial advice. Things about your hair. <laughs> about your hair. I mean, we know a few things, like one, hair chalk, right? And two, don't eat yellow snow. Glad we Ew, had this. Oh, you went there? <laughs> well, there's no Ew. snow. It's probably a safe bet. Gross. All right. So we're going to try something unusual. Now that we've gotten the goofies out of the way. I don't know. I'm pretty giggly now. Good. We're going to play a game called What Should I Ask My Advisor? Okay. We can play this game. And we, we, we've we not scripted this at all, but Katie's going to play the part of you, the listener. Okay? Yes. And I'm going to play the part of lots of different financial advisors today, not just Dave Littlejohn. But what we're going to do is we're going to ask some questions about how is the financial industry built? You know, you have tons of options out there to become an investor, an yeah, investor in tons of stuff, right? It's really the, the, the number of combinations is essentially infinite. So what we want to do today is we'll break it down a little bit for you and give you a sense of like, okay, if I went to one place versus another, what are some of the ways to differentiate people to determine whether or not it's a good fit for you, right? So uh, I will preface it by saying, we're not going to advise you on anything today. We're going to inform you about many things so that you can make more informed decisions and figure out what's the right choice for you. But you wanna know, like, like, what what's the difference between a broker or an advisor? How about advisor with an E versus advisor with an O? What? Look at you getting into spelling bee. Yep. I mean, there's funny little idiosyncrasies. How about a financial consultant? How about a planner? What do those mean? Okay. 
we're going to unpack some of that and I'm going to do my best to do it in a way that's actually useful for you. But they do tell me we have to take a break. So we'll do that first. When we come back, though, you want to, you know, path to fortune and glory. We're going to try to help start and carve through the jungle with you. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. I'm Katie Shook. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Little John in studio with Katie Shook. All right, and look, if you're just joining us, I'm going to remind everybody. That, so today's show is a little different, uh, but I'm going to remind you we got a podcast, right? You can check these out. In fact, you could check out uh, pretty much every show in history because. Well, every Little John. Every, every show that True we've Wealth ever done. Every radio show. And the funny thing is because that's part of the industry regulations, right? Yeah, we have to get and, have and to. this is totally relevant to the conversation. You're like, industry regulation, that sounds lame. It's yeah, I get it. It's not exactly interesting to discuss, but the industry regulations they they inform a lot of what happens behind the scenes. Uh, if you've ever wondered, like, why don't more financial people have radio shows? The answer is hashtag it's complicated. <laughs> Why are we hashtagging today? It's like we're not posting on social media, but it cracks me up. Hashtag twinning. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's complicated because we are super heavily regulated. So all firms very, are very, very regulated. Know, the financial firms are regulated, but this in effect can be considered advertising. Right. right. I mean, we actually pay for the show. I know you're probably like, but well, your content's so amazing. How would you pay to be on the radio? They should pay you. And I agree. But nevertheless. <laughs> Actually, that that in itself is tricky because we actually we do pay for commercial advertising. Yep. And we kind of get the show for free. Yep. So but that's that's not (laughs) what that's not what makes this advertising. What makes it advertising by definition in our industry is that it's going out to more. I think it's more than five people. If more than five people receive it, it's considered advertising. I thought it was like more than two. Well, that's our internal policy. Oh. So if it's going to more than two people, we, we consider it advertising. And so we have to document what went out there. And then we have to be able to substantiate anything that we say. Yeah. Which, right? by the way, I've worked in a few different industries prior to working to Little John Financial Services. And I remember when I first started and I was like, why can't we do that in advertising? And Dave's like, we can't do that. Right. There's we don't so have testimonials. Rules. Yeah. Like, like for all of the happy clients that we have. And actually, we have a lot of happy clients. But they're not allowed to do testimonials and, and you know put on our webpage. In fact, if somebody wants to have a, a personal reference, we first have to contact a person, ask if they're willing to give a personal reference, get permission, and then you know go back then go to the back person and, who requested and them it for yeah. a direct because we have all these confidentiality rules too. We don't tell you who our clients are. Right. We don't. I mean, we don't kiss and tell is what it comes down to. And so now that, by the way, is pretty standard across the financial industry. I, I, in fact, I would go so far as to say on air live, right, that if you've got financial professionals that are airing your financial information, uh, sort of airing your laundry for you, yeah, that's Oops, really that a can, red flag. Yeah, that's a bad. That can have a lot of bad. Yeah, things happen. that's a big red flag. So we are very, very 
cautious. Diligent, yeah, about protecting our clients' confidentiality. Now, we have plenty of clients that, that it's not their confidentiality, they're, but they're okay being known as clients of our firm. We still don't disclose that. If no. they disclose it, that's different, but right. we don't disclose it. Right. Right? So I've had people go, oh, is so-and-so your client? And anybody that's ever asked me that will tell you, I said, I can neither confirm nor deny any such rumor. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, like, I just, we don't talk about who our clients are. But let's let's flip the script for a moment. You're out there and you're trying to figure out who should your I investment pick world. is my investment advisor. Well, let's start with this. I, I, I got some fun scenarios okay, for good, David. Good. I've been thinking them up over the break. Okay. Okay. So I know that I've had people come to me and say, like, well, I've heard that there's this, like, Robin Hood thing that I could do, or should I have an advisor? And I don't really know where to start. And I get really interesting um, questions, even on the phone, when people call our firm. Mm -hmm. So one of the most interesting questions I get is, um, you know, why why should I pick your firm? Like, why should I pick you as an advisor? And I'm like, okay, that I feel like is a loaded question sometimes. Because yeah, well, I'm like, all right, you're asking me to sell you out of the gate, but I don't even know what your circumstance is mm -hmm. or what you're dealing with or how it's happening. And we've talked about... So I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase this because David's going. Where are you going with this? Well, no, no. I was actually gonna head you off at the pass to say the the question is how when when you start to say well what is sell our firm right so right. little little John Financial sell our firm versus uh, you know how do firms sell themselves in general and I'm gonna take a step even before you get to that go is, for it. So do I want an advisor or not? Right. Right. So that the first question is like hey. If I'm going to be an investor and it's not something that's sort of put in my lap, like your 401k plan is something that you just sort of you 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 get it offered by your employer, right? right. So and your if you have an employer the homework, plan, they've hired somebody, they figured out the platform, right? And your choices are limited on purpose, right? So if you have an employer sponsored plan, then you kind of get the menu. And you know you're not thinking about well you know what do I do you're thinking about okay well how do I navigate this menu they right. chose the restaurant and they chose everything involved right um, if if it's not that then you have options right I'm leaving an employer what do I do with my investments do I leave it there or do I take them somewhere else do I cash them out uh, do I do investing on my own like a retirement plan do I want to invest in non-retirement things that could be stocks, bonds, real estate, you name it. So the first question is, am I going to do this on my own? Or am I going to get help from somebody? And by the way, that is a very important question. Yeah. Because people's situations are unique. How much money you're dealing with is unique. Your time horizon, your risk tolerance. They're so let me unique. ask you this question, Katie. Go for it. How would you help guide somebody, I'm not going to say advise, but if you were helping somebody think their way through this and they were trying to decide, do you want to, do you, do you want to seek the help of a financial professional or not? What are some of the things that you would say, well, here's some things to think about, Ooh. right? I'm careful because this is not like, we're not giving advice. Right. We're just, what are some things to think about? So I'm, I'm going to, um, give an example in a weird way. Um, we always talk about changing your own oil. Okay, and I'm going to talk about me personally. Now, in theory, do I understand how to change my own oil? Yeah, I think in theory, I kind of understand the parts and the supplies needed. Have I ever changed my own oil? No, I haven't. I have no experience in changing my own oil. Could I watch a YouTube video and follow somebody's advice on it? 
maybe. So here's where I think it gets tricky is some people that are interested in getting started. So they've never, they don't have any experience yet, right? Just like I don't have any experience in changing my own oil. Um, I think a lot of times they go, well, I saw this guy on YouTube and he was saying to do this. And I saw this person or someone said I should go do this. So now the question you have to ask yourself is, is that credible advice, right? Is that person trying to sell you something? Why are they sharing it? Like, I'm always a little leery about investment advice if it's out of a magazine or, you know, on a YouTube video. What's in it for them? Why are they sharing it, right? Are they giving you specific advice? Or are they talking about framework? Um, and when you were talking about that, I I personally have always used someone because it made more sense to me because I just didn't want to take up my brain space and trying to figure it all out. Okay. So, and, I, so, and I'm giving you my personal experience. Yeah, again, yeah. this is not investment advice. But I remember back before I even worked for Little John Financial Services, before I really understood all about it, I still chose to work with a professional because I chose to focus on other things instead of being worrying about trying to do it myself. All right. So I'm I'm going to backfill some of this, too, because I have a few thoughts on this one for you. Please. You're, you're trying to figure out you, my listeners. Right. right? You're trying Our to figure listeners. out you. What kind of, what kind of investor Wait, are do, you? Yeah. Do I need a person or not? So first of all, will you do the work? Right. Okay? That's the that's the first. And, and so will you do the work within that is, do I have the bandwidth to do the work? Do I have enough time to actually get to it? Right. So there's one question. Do I like doing it? Right. If you're interested in it, if you like studying and figuring it out and it's kind of fascinating to you, that's a really good sign. Right. Right. Uh, if you if you hate it and you're miserable with it, okay, there's there's a pretty good tell right there that, you know, I why would you take a lot of time dealing with something that you hate doing when what we have in the economy that we have built, even though it's a little awkward these days, but is a specialized economy where we all do different jobs because we don't try to do everything ourselves. It's not like we all have a farm and we just our job is to survive. So we farm and we try to you know right. keep everything sort of maintained so that life keeps going. Now it's there's a lot more structure to things and there's a lot more infrastructure that connects us all. So you don't have to do the things that you're not natively good at. So the changing the oil thing, maybe the, the here's the hilarious thing about changing your oil now. It's probably cheaper to go somewhere to have it done than to do it yourself in most cases. It by the, is. By the time you look at the price of the materials and the disposal and all of the other elements, and certainly if you start to value your time in the equation. Even if you don't value your time in the equation. Yeah, like it's sometimes just the supplies, it's still cheaper because they get buying oil by the drum and you're buying it by the court. Again, you know? <laughs> they're getting economies of scale, right? And they're getting maybe wholesale prices versus retail prices. All those things kind of play into it. Um, we were joking around the other day about even home projects. There's so many times, even on Pinterest, where I look at home projects and I think, oh, I could do that. Now, am I capable of doing it? Yes. Do I always underestimate how much time it's going to take or the supplies I need? Sometimes oh, I actually do. We're joking about the $2,000 ladder that I built. The $2,000? No. What? Yeah, this is a joke at home for this reason. So, wait, uh, what? All right. So, <laughs> let's talk about my, this ladder. At my home, we have. Uh, my my daughters have there's lofts in their bedrooms. Oh, right? yeah. And yeah. so two out of the three had ladders to access their lofts, and the youngest is now at a point where we trust her to not, you know, fall out of the fall nest. out of the nest. That's a great way to put it, Kate. <laughs> great way to put it. So decided to build her a ladder, 
And I didn't make it the same as the others because I thought I was going to be kind of clever and creative with it. And so I built this thing and, it, you know, it took a while and I was using uh, routers and sanders and other stuff. And, and uh, so it became sort of a stair-steppy ladder where I had to route out each step, but then I also routed handles in. And so it's pretty intricate by the time it was all said and done. And I it took me like two weekends of dinking around on this thing. And I'm sure I've got 10 hours or of so of my time into building this ladder. And if you look at the cost per hour of time and all to do this, and you go, okay, well, you great. You just made a $2,000 ladder. So why didn't you say, just you have somebody build a ladder? On, right. <laughs> so. Okay. But let's talk about, this is a great example. So, hey, did it take you longer than you thought? Yes. Did you understand what you were doing in concept? Yes. Did you make a mistake and have to backtrack at all? No. You had the plans completely drawn out or you didn't change what you were doing at all from the minute of the concept? Uh, I had to add to the concept so it got more exotic. Okay. The reason, And here's why I'm bringing all this up. Many times we think about things in theory or in concept and we go, oh, it's step A, B, and C. When it's really not A, B, and C. It's like A part A1, <laughs> B part B2, part B3. And Correct. then we get through Z. Well, and the 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 rationalization behind this is I wanted to do it. It was it was fun and interesting, and so it was a neat project. So that's how I justify it. Oh no, I have more but, questions. B next one. Did you have to buy any tools that you did not already have? Any bits, drills, anything? Did you have yes. to buy anything? Okay, I so, bought. I didn't have to, but I did anyway. Ha ha ha. Okay, next question. Do you have prior carpentry skills? Have um, you ever built things before? Yes. Okay. So, and the reason I'm asking all these questions is this pertains to the investor. Have True. you ever done any investments on your own? Like, have you ever played around with it? Have you ever yeah. tried to use a program? Do you want to? Do you like it? Are you interested? Are you competent? Do you have the right resources? And so it's funny we're talking about this ladder, but this is a great example, right? Because totally. there's so many times when people are like, well, I've thought about it in theory, and in theory it should work this way, right? Or when mm -hmm. people say, oh, well, I need a mutual fund. Well, that's great. There's 20,000 mutual, probably you know way why more than that. this ladder's a great example? Why? I'm going to fess up to something on air. It's going to be hilarious. Okay. When I first built it, I didn't make it strong enough because I was impatient. I had glued everything together, but the glue had not set properly. And it was pinned together and not screwed together where the steps went into the uprights on the ladder. Okay. And I climbed on like, and on the second step, the thing broke. And uh, I literally tumbled mistake. down and was like, well, well it, you know what? This was just me being so excited that I was impatient. But the illustration is very accurate because you know what I did was I tried to shortcut some things and made some assumptions that were inaccurate. Oh. And it bit me. In this case, physically, I mean, I, I took a tumble and I went down pretty hard. You know, I kind of tweaked my knee a little bit. Fortunately, I didn't do any significant damage, but it's like... Felt pretty stupid. I will tell you that when you do that, you tend to fortify the bejesus out of something, <laughs> which yeah. I did. You're like, a tornado ain't taking it yeah. down now. So, We're good. So I'm now kind of like, yeah, bring your friend and a couple elephants. But <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm, I mean, I'm not screwing around anymore, but that first one was like, oh, it'd be pretty and dainty. No, pound sand on that thing. We're, 
We're building this thing to. <laughs> he has like 18 inch lag bolts in it. <laughs> that thing is, I mean, it was, uh, it was rebraced and it was built up now and it, it weighs twice as much, but you know, it's a really sturdy piece of art now. Uh, oh my goodness. Okay. Next question. If you were to not do it yourself, would you task somebody who has never used a saw no. or a thing before to do it? No, 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 no. Okay. I, mean, I would have absolutely, in fact, I have somebody, I almost, oh, I feel like I owe them an apology. I'm like, you know what? I should have just brought it to you. You would have gotten it done. It would have been more money out of pocket for sure. And interestingly enough, we have more discretionary time since there's no travel on the weekend. So I don't feel bad I did it, but could I have had somebody else do it for a better price point? Yeah. Okay. Could have. Now here's my next question. Could you build a ladder every month for the next year? Yeah, and they get faster too. No, but I mean, like, but do I want to? No, no. But and the reason I say this is like, if you're gonna do a DIYer, then you need to focus and pay attention to this. This isn't a like I'm gonna throw it in there once and then just ignore it for the rest of my life. See, that's a really good point, right? So, right. like, that's why I was like, you know, you said you spent two weekends building it. Yep. And right now, when and now I'm still painting it, you know, but that's kind of you know. 20 minutes here, five minutes there. So it's still really not done. It's totally structurally sound. <laughs> so it's still not done. It's not painted. So it's not done. You stop it right now. <laughs> but this is my point, right? Like this this is what I was talking about the yeah, other day. It's the I was projects like, that Katie knows I'm an 85 percenter too. By the way, this most is, visionaries are. Yeah, the 85 percenter is like, all right, we're really close to done on the, ooh, squirrel. Yeah, you, you guys get bored when you know that it no longer requires brain skill. Like, it's like, oh, no, this is a mundane thing. Like, painting it, it's a mundane thing. True. Right? And so you're like, man, and I'm good. Like, anybody could paint it. So why would I waste my brain space on it? And then you kind of get bored with the project and want yeah, to Yeah, the engineering on. was the most fun. Right. And then figuring out how to make it all go. Uh, so it was interesting for a while. Building stuff is interesting. Plus, it's tangible, right? When you drive zeros and ones for a living. And, you know, it's all on a computer screen. It's fun to be creative. It's fun to have something tangible. And now you know I like art. Yeah. But this is, all right, so. These are so, good examples, So these though. are the question of, should, should, you know, do we, do we DIY or not? And it is, first of all, will you do it? And then next, can you do it? Right. Okay, so those are the big questions. And then will you continue to do the maintenance required? Right. Okay, so those are the biggies. Now, if the answer is I'm not going to do it myself, well, so what we're going to do? Let's 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 do this. How do you do it yourself? We're going to cover that real quickly, but then I want to say how would you pick somebody out that's going to match you? Right. But we got to take another break. Okay. Yes, the music is played. That's how we know the break is there. In fact, because they played the music. I know. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn, Katie Shuck, and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Well Show, available in a podcast coming <laughs> to you soon. Uh, you can check out littlejohnfs.com. It'll be there if you are just catching us. We're talking today about uh, how to determine whether or not, first, if you are going to be a do it yourself investor or you need to seek the help of a professional. And so if you're going to be a do-it-yourselfer, Katie, you threw out like a name like Robin Hood 
earlier. I don't know how many of our listeners even know what the heck you're talking about. So there's there's programs that have surfaced in the last few years that are meant to kind of help people get started, right? And it's usually it's smaller amounts of money. It's not like your full retirement. It's like, hey, I just want to start being an investor and kind of play around a little and see where this goes. Those are the people that I know that have kind of done Robin Hood. I mean, the people that I have spoken to personally that are in my sphere of influence that have said they use a program like that have said like, oh, I put like 50 bucks in or 100 bucks. Like they're just trying to figure out what the financial world is about. So um, I have not yet come across anybody that said, oh, I have 100 grand and I parked it in this do it yourself platform. So Robin Hood. Yeah, the, the, is it, it is a do-it-yourself platform. It, it falls under the category of robo-advisor. Okay. okay. So robo-advisor is any automated platform that you can invest in where they will essentially help you figure out what kind of risk you want to take as an investor. And then they're going to select the investments for you. And all you have to do is sort of show up, put your money in the account. They select the investments and automate everything. And they usually do it at a very, very low cost. So Robinhood is attractive because you can, uh, it's not a robo-advisor directly, it is a discount broker, meaning they will enable you to buy things, buy investments, and you don't have to have, you could buy fractions of it. So like instead of having to buy an entire share of Amazon stock for 2300 and something dollars, you can buy $50 worth of Amazon because okay. they'll own a fraction of a share of Amazon and let you do it. So you touched on something really quick that most people don't understand. So when people hear things like Amazon's trading at $2,300, that means in order to buy one share of Amazon, right? Eggs all in one basket. You need to have at least $2,300 to go buy one share. And then you own one share of Amazon. You right. don't own anything else. So You're not diversified. You and Amazon, $2,356.95 at the close today. Right. So if you're starting with 50 bucks or 100 bucks or under $2,300. You can't buy Amazon unless you, you go somewhere where you can buy fractional shares like Robinhood. Right. So Robinhood's a do-it-yourself platform for people that want to do small investing in these fractional shares. There are lots of other robo-advisors. Uh, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list, but uh, an example might be Betterment, right? Betterment yeah. is a, a deal where you connect your bank account, you sweep money in, and then they invest it in low-cost index funds for you. It's a perfectly reasonable platform for getting started as an investor. Right. And and actually, Betterment is a perfectly reasonable platform for big accounts, too, if that's what you want to do is large, broad-based, low-cost indexing as your investment strategy. Right. Okay? So, but You just threw out lots of big words that people yes, are like, what the heck is he talking about? It just about? means you're going to invest in the index funds are mutual funds that are like a program. They just There's no manager to it. It's just a formula, and they buy a mix of investments according to whatever the index is they are tracking. Okay, so let's give an example of that. The S&P 500. 500 stocks weighted by size. It's called a capitalization weighting. So there's you know there's 500 stocks. Right. And you'll own all 500 of them in this fund. And an index fund is one that will buy those 500 stocks for you as a single transaction. Right. So if the S&P 500 goes up, you win. If it goes down, you lose. You lose. And that's that kind of how it goes. But you're betting on the whole market of the, the S&P 500. Chunk, all 500 stocks right. is your investment. So you're not trying to pick the winners and losers. You're picking, you're just- it, you Buying know, all 500. Yeah. In the ratio of the index, because five stocks right now represent about 25% of that index. Yeah. Uh, so 
Anyhow, that is a strategy that you can employ. And then there are other do-it-yourself options. You can go to uh, like an E-Trade or an account that gives you the ability to open up an account and then you are your own advisor. You're going to make your buy and sell decisions and so forth. So again, if you find that you don't have time to do these things, that's back to David's ladder right. story every month, then you need to consider right. whether or not DIY is your choice. Or you can go to a mutual fund company and you can open an account directly with them. You could go to say Vanguard or Fidelity and you can open up a, a Vanguard account and you'll get statements from Vanguard that tell you what you purchased and they have lots of different mutual funds that you can select. So you can go to Vanguard and get the Vanguard menu. You can go to Fidelity and get the Fidelity menu. Or you can go to E-Trade and you can get Vanguard or Fidelity or anything else you want because that's a broker so they're going to allow you to shop the market for what you want. You know what I feel like this is? A good example that just popped into my head. It's like giving my eight-year-old the task of going to the grocery store and buying something for dinner. Like not giving her a list, not telling her what to buy, just dropping her off at the grocery store and being like, so. Yeah. But see, here's the now funny go thing. Get stuff for dinner. If I was reading between the lines, which I totally am. <laughs> see, I know that Katie is biased. Right? A little bit. Katie is biased because having been in the marketplace and then having been at other advisors and then coming to work with us and being on the inside and knowing what we value as an organization, she tends to gravitate automatically to like, well, of course you want an advisor and you want a smart one. And hey, I know. I mean, and like, I know a guy. It, it's going <laughs> to it, it will happen that way. And we have to kind of disclose like, look, when we are a provider, we have a conflict in a sense that like. If you became our customer and you were listening to this call, then you're going, well, you know, you kind of made it sound like you're the best. So we better believe we're the best, first of all. If you're going to go out there and, and start advertising, you better believe in your product. Yeah, right? by the way, I've never heard anybody go, yeah, I'm pretty mediocre. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, we're just kind of average. Like, that's not, uh, but, but we are pretty honest about our approach, right? Like, I don't make a promise that our investments outperform year in and year out over everybody else. We talk about our philosophies behind what we do for our customers. Right. And we talk about our processes and then what our culture is and how we intend to serve and how we intend to manage expectations and so forth. Because anybody that tells you they can control the outcome of the market is lying. And if you if you just want to be the market, you don't really need an advisor for your investments. Right. Right. Go buy the indexes and buy them cheap and just sit and, and ride it out. If you want financial advice and you want... Uh, usually what we talk about at our firm is risk management, right? It's not that we can necessarily outperform the markets, but what we try to do is mitigate the circumstances downside. when the markets get really dicey. Yeah? Like right now. Yeah. So what are you doing to try to navigate? And if the answer is just, well, we're just going to wait it out. You know, okay, well, then I hope you're getting other advice in addition to the money management because there's not a lot of effort going into money management if it's just, well, we're just going to buy it and hold on to it forever. So when's a good time to buy? Now. When's a good time to sell? Never. Okay, that's not advice. <laughs> that's not advice. Just so we're clear. That's not advice. Uh, but if that's what you hear every time, then it's like, well, you know, we're going to do some tax loss harvesting and we help you uh, tax plan. And, and so, okay, well, there, then there better be some value added for that. Right. Right? Because that's, you're not, you're not just, what you're paying for is your ignorance. If, if, you, if you're just getting a buy and hold scenario, it's like you could do that really cheap. Okay, but if you're getting service around it, now there's some value. Well, so, and money moves through your life in so many different ways, right? I mean, you start talking about retirement accounts, and there's just so many more questions that come with it. Yeah. So, 
Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit. Let's see. So we'll grab. We got to grab the last break because I don't want to have to Can't think about it. Can't believe how time is right? flying by yeah. today. Well, we're twenty-two rabbit trails. Rabbit trails. All right, we'll stay focused. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Katie Show, and you got True Wealth on News Radio twelve forty. KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Littlejohn and. Oh, Katie Shook. Sorry, I'm yeah. still trying to do stuff for tomorrow. Yeah, see, we're, we're multitasking here, but look, uh, everybody hang on to your hats. We're going to go really fast for the last couple of minutes because I want to make sure we get through this. It's the lightning round. We're talking about do it yourself investing versus now you're going to work with a pro and what are your major option types? Okay, these are not exclusively what are available to you, but these are going to be the primaries. So let's divide it up into two categories first. So okay. it's kind of a square in your mind. In, in, on one half of the square, you're going to have brokers. Broker dealers. On the other half of the side, you're going to have advisors. Okay. And I'm not going to go into broker dealer, believe it or not. Okay. Just brokers. Just brokers. Brokers okay? versus advisors. Yeah. Okay. Because broker dealer has to do with the way the institution operates when they make trades. Are they trading from their own inventory or not? But the broker is the representative you tend to work with. Okay. So if you get a stock broker, broker. okay, this is a fairly traditional, almost legacy type of job. But the broker's job was to help find you things that from an investment standpoint meet your objectives. Right. Now, the standard that they must conform to is called suitability. So a suitability standard means the investment recommendations are sufficient or suitable for your needs at that time. Yes. Okay. So we're only worried about the current moment. Right. Uh, keep in mind, suitability does not mean that it is your best interest. It means it is suitable. Yeah, right? it met the standards that it you provided. It means that they could make a recommendation that... So brokers are typically paid commissions for what they do. And that's why a discount broker is like a... When you're not dealing with a person, you just deal with an electronic trans, transaction. It's still a brokered transaction, but the electronic medium is a discount. It's usually just a flat fee, like E-Trade, $5 trades, or Schwab now, $0 trades. Right. Well, that's what a discount broker does. A stockbroker gets paid for the transaction. And they may recommend something that pays them more than something else because it's still suitable. Yeah, it's it's still met your needs. It's not in your best interest. The other side is not suitability, but fiduciary managers. Those would typically be called advisors. You can also find these at most trust companies. So a, a trustee at a trust company would be a fiduciary. Fiduciary has an obligation to get you the best interest that they can. So the recommendations need to be in the best interest of the client, and it is an ongoing standard, meaning it's not just in the moment, but it moves forward from there. Which means you may have to change your strategy if the needs change. Yeah, if, if, if your needs change, then you adapt the strategy, which, which implies that there's an ongoing communication with an advisor where maybe not so from a broker. Broker may or may not contact you, and a good one will stay in touch. And a good one will act as a fiduciary even though they are not legally a fiduciary. However, it's not the legal requirement. Right. Okay. Now, within those two big categories, broker versus advisor, you have two other categories. Okay. I will call these 
um, franchise shops. Okay. Uh, or we could also call them um, captive versus independent. Oh, that's better. So, okay. So a captive shop is one where the people are employees of the shop. So if you are a an employed representative of a company, then you would be considered uh, essentially the broker or the registered representative for that company. Right. And if you, if they left the company, if your broker ever leaves, you you're stay still, with the company. You're still a client of the firm. You would have to move your accounts somewhere else to follow the broker. Right. If they they go from company A to company B, you have to fill out new paperwork and move your accounts to company B if you want to keep working with them. Yep. Okay. The independent side is a little different. Then you are a client of the representative. Right. Right. So the, the person that is your contact is who you are the client of. And if they leave the organization, then you're still their client. So essentially they are contracting with the back office to provide services. And if they want to fire the back office and replace them, they can, you're still your client. The other one, it is just that the back office hired a representative to talk to you. So you're, oh, you're a client sneaky. of the back office. Okay. And the representative is your gopher, if you will. Ah. Okay. The other side is the independent side. Okay. Okay. The independent side, the independent broker, you're still the client of the broker. They can move around and change and hire and fire their back office. And the advisor has the same scenario. The advisor can be an independent advisor. Okay. And so then you're the client of the advisor and not the back office. Uh, let me tell you where we fall because this is the easier way to describe it. Little John Financial is an independent firm, meaning that we select the technology partners and vendors that we want to work with for our clients. Right. And then if our clients hire us, they are clients of our firm. And if we are unhappy with our vendors, we can replace them and you're still our client. Right. Okay. Uh, and so in that sense, we are not captive to a set of technologies or a set of standards or necessarily a set of pr uh, com compliance principles and yeah. products. And too. products. Like we the, can go get any product we want to fit suitability or fit yeah, needs of our Provided clients. the product is available. There are some products that are proprietary. You can if, if company A has their own product, you can only get it from company A. They won't let us sell company A. Right. You know, uh, here's a real life example. If you want New York life insurance, which is good life insurance, by the way, from not a recommendation, but from what I've been able to, to gather, it's good product. I can't sell it to you. You have to you go, to, have New to, go to a New York life agent, right? It's, it's AAA is that way too. So th that's the issue is just what's the structure that you're looking for? Because you're going to ultimately form a relationship of trust in order to work with a pro. So where is your relationship? Is it with the person or with the company? And do you want a fiduciary standard or do you want a suitability, suitability standard? Interestingly enough, what is the lowest cost that you can get typically? Probably while, while not do, doing it yourself. Probably suitability. Yes. Suitability standard, if you were to buy mutual funds, pay the fee up front and then never trade them again, they tend to get cheaper and cheaper the larger they get because of their pricing structure. Now, there's more to it than just that. 
And so if you want to know more about the details, continue to do homework. This wasn't advice. If you need more information, they call us at 541-375-0898. All right, gang. So uh, we encourage you all, if you're not going to do it yourself, please go out and get started with somebody. I think everybody needs to take responsibility for their financial future. So Little John Financial, 541-375-0898. We are out of time. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. You've been listening to True Wealth. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.